Southern Soul Livestream is a weekly talk show and music hangout where the hosts learn your name and just might remind you of a favorite relative. We spotlight fascinating people, discuss current events, and pay special attention to lifting up generations. So if you want to know more, learn more, be more, or just be, Southern Soul Livestream is the place for you. Join us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Just log on, kick back, and experience the eclectic vibe. Check us out at soullivestream.com. Hey, what is up, Equahi? What's up, lady? How are you doing? What up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Look at Thank you. Thank you. Look at all that product in the background. I'm so jealous. Tell us, what are we looking at? Is that a warehouse? What is that? I know. I know. One day I'll be in a big warehouse. This is actually in my garage. So it's fabric on fabric on fabric on fabric. I use for the business. Oh my goodness. It is so beautiful. And I'm so jealous because I love, love, love the work you do. And you know, the funny thing, I don't know if you realize it, but you know, me and your husband has like this special connection. He was one of the first person that introduced me to event planning. Did you know that? I did not know that. I know yeah. that he was doing it back when I met him, but uh, no, I did not know that at all. Yeah, he was kind of doing his thing. You know, back then it was like, you know, I was like, oh, I think I'm thinking about doing some stuff. And he was, I think probably was kind of hanging out with those urban cowboys when they were doing event planning. And I was like, hey, you know, I want to do some stuff. And he's like, I want to introduce you to some people. And I actually probably spent three, four years doing event planning with them. But it was his introduction that got me there. So, you know, he's always been, you know, a cool, bro- uh, a cool brother to me. I thought you guys were in Chicago, but I think where are you guys located now? You're back yeah, in. We were. Yeah, we were in Chicago. So. Um, we moved to Chicago. We were there for about five years and now we're in Oakland. So I'm originally from Oakland. So we come on back this way. That's all right. Well, make sure you tell him I said um, hi, you know, um, you know, tell him keep doing his thing. You know, I kind of see, I wonder if he's behind the scenes somewhere doing the magic because I know, you know, he, he love a master plan, but you know, <laughs> I can't tell. I can't tell because it's all you. I mean, but I'm hoping, you know, that that he's somewhere, you know, supporting you, got your back, you know, helping with the technology, whatever. I don't know. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be able, he's, he's dealing with the kids right now. So, you know, he got to manage that so that I can try to manage this. Well, let's, let's talk about that because, you know, one thing I've found, you know, very awesome about you, right? You're not only a mom you know, a wife, you know, entrepreneur, I mean, a designer. I mean, I mean, you, you do it all. I mean, like, h- how do you do it? I mean, that's just like, some people can't do one of those things, right? Like, wh- what's your secret? And sometimes I feel like I'm not doing it all <laughs> very well either, but I'm managing and I'm making it work. Um, but I think it goes back to having an incredible support system because it is a lot to do. Being a mom, that in and of itself, being a wife, that in and of itself, you know, running a business, especially now when I'm trying to manage distance learning too, it's just a whole lot. But I realized that, you know, as I operate my business and try to manage the family, there's sometimes things that take precedence um, and things that get prioritized on my plate 
and then things that get um, prioritized on my my husband's plate. So that's kind of how we're managing. I'm not doing it. I'm I'm doing a lot. I don't know that, that I would say that I'm doing everything well, but I'm doing it well enough. Stuff is getting done. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm figuring things out. Well, 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 well. I, I definitely um, agree with that because a great support network. I mean, it's it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to kind of you know step into some of my standard question, but let's just kind of start with like the history, right? Yeah. Love Iguehi, right? I mean, um, can you tell the people about you know what that means, where it came from, the history, you know, your brand, your products, and your offering? What do you do, Iguehi? Okay, so Love Iguehi is um, an African-inspired clothing and apparel company. Um, based here in Oakland, California. So I, a little bit about me, I'm Nigerian. I was born and raised in Oakland. So this is my hometown. Both of my parents are Nigerian. And so what I've done is basically created a business out of what was a side hustle, which was a hobby um, back in 2016. So 2016, I started teaching myself how to sew uh, my background is actually in healthcare. So when I was in North Carolina, so I met Calvin when I was living in North Carolina and I was there for grad school. So I was going to UNC uh, Chapel Hill, doing the public health thing, worked at Duke. So this is all very, very new. And this is nothing I got any formal training for, but I started doing this, um, started teaching myself how to sew, basically watching YouTube videos and did that on the side as I was working um, at a healthcare um, facility here. And then my side hustle became my, or my hobby turned into my side hustle. My side hustle turned into uh, a full, full on business. And I left my job in healthcare to kind of do this thing. So Lovey Goyhi really is a meld of both my Nigerian culture and my Oakland roots. And what I do is create um, pieces, contemporary pieces using African fabrics. Um, in ways that one connect people back to like the African continent, um, but also highlight the beauty of women, beauty of men, um, really make people get excited about getting dressed. Uh, We make a lot of pieces that are very versatile. So our clothes are very forgiving in size, um, very inclusive. And we, you know, just so love into everything that we create because we want people to look good and feel good and feel excited about wearing bold prints um, because you know that how you look affects how you feel and so my goal is to really make people feel like the best best selves so that is a little bit about the history of lovey goyhi and um so yeah well, well thanks for sharing that because you know my personal testimony right with your products is is exactly that. For example, around my birthday in December, I was like, I want some, you know, material. And of course, I'm kind of changing my look because, you know, I, I believe, you know, you know, your look is like star. I mean, like cars, right? You got to change it every now and then. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I grow out my beard and things and such. And I want me some like some really, I don't know, just some unique material, right? So I was like, well, let me go check out Igwehi's website, right? So I go to your website and I found all of these products. I've gotten so many compliments on my scarf. And I don't oh. know if it's really called a scarf, but oh yeah, man, yeah. People are like, "What is that? Where you get it?" I'm like, "Y'all don't understand. I got, I know the plug, and the plug <laughs> hooks me up, right?" So I kind of hate, you know, a little bit, but at the same time, I figure I wanted to spotlight you tonight so other people can figure out how yeah. they can find, you know, some beautiful material. I do have a shameful, you know, um, request though. You tend to do mostly, um, I think, 
material, I mean, products for women, right? Is that fair? We can oh, yeah, get some more fair. for the brothers. I mean, we need I, more for the brothers. What? I mean, <laughs> my husband gets on me all the time. He's like, yo, what up? I mean, we want some stuff too. And, but the thing is, what I have to explain to people is um, I'm self taught, I'm a self taught sewer. So yeah. I don't have the formal training, right? And yeah. um, what I do, I do well. I will okay. say that. And sometimes people have to learn to stay in their lane. And I think that as my team builds, I will get a master designer for men. And okay. that will be part of the Lovey Guayhi brand. But for me, my reservation, because people ask this all the time. Um, wow. My reservation is I don't want to do something half ass, you know, and I, and I really want to deliver the best quality products that people feel really excited to wear. Um, I attempted to make a man's um, shirt and it was kind of like the Cosby show, you know. Oh, like, Lord, not the Cosby show. <laughs> <laughs> we made this shirt and it was like this. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay right here. But um, the plan is to expand and offer more things for men. Um, but in the meantime, we have the infinity scars that are unisex. We have the face masks that are obviously unisex. Um, and then over time, we'll definitely expand that out. Well, 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 thanks for sharing that. That definitely gives me peace because i tell you why. Is that, you know, uh, I think around the time you were in um, grad school at UNC, I was in grad school at the business school. And one of the things you just mentioned is a key business principle. And a key business principle is figure out what you do well and stick to it. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be noise, as you can imagine. People like, do this, do this, go left, go right. But it seems like you've kind of figured that out on your own. It says, hey, I know what I'm good at. I can't be everything to everybody. So kudos to you for doing your thing. You know, I think that's really key. So tell us this, um, what, how can people, you know, um, I want to hear about your online experience. I already know about the, you know, the answer, but tell us about, you know, why you decided to create an online experience for Lovey Guayhi. You know, you know, as you know, um, people can go to loveyguayhi.com and see your products and material, but what made you decide to, and that's my passion to e-commerce, right? everything e-commerce digital what made you decide to go digital with this because you know you could have stayed local right you could have yeah. you know went to your local flea market you could have you know continue to sell with people close to you what really made you decide to go you know global i guess with the whole e-commerce approach yeah so i i actually had reservations to be honest to actually have a website because because i was doing everything myself the thing i i was scared of having is almost like this the fear of success. Like I was like, what if orders come in and I can't fulfill them, you know? And I didn't have all these fabrics and things started really, really small. And so for a long time, I didn't actually have a website. I had a, a woofoo form. So people would like put in their information. It was really rudimentary, you know? And so that's how I started. I launched the website in 2018. So it's not okay. that old. Uh, I launched so it was like two years after you started, it seems like. Yeah, it was a couple of years after I started. And even when I started, I really didn't. There's been a lot of stops and starts, you know. Between that time, I've had twins. I took a year off. So it hasn't been like a steady, you know, consistent business operation. But in 2018, I um, launched the website. And I wanted to make the shopping process easier for my customers. Again, I okay. still had reservations. I was still scared. But I wanted people to be able to, uh, to buy things a little easier. Okay. Admitted, admittedly, I was, my business was 
prior to COVID, my business was like 90, 95% in-person sales. So okay. I would go to different marketplaces, conferences, um, you know, festival a little bit, but that was really how I, I met my customers and sold my goods. I had a website really kind of to legitimize my business, um, but I wouldn't say that I always kept it updated. Now, when COVID hit and my calendar got wiped out and all these events that I had planned for 2020 went down to zero, I was like, oh, I have some work to do on this website. And so that's actually what made me really kind of spend time um, improving the website, making sure that the customer experience and the buying experience was pretty smooth, keeping things up to date. It was really, really important because I wanted people, because I didn't have the opportunity to interact with people um, in person anymore, I wanted to make sure that when they visited the site, there was a feeling that they had, they got the vibe of the brand, even though they didn't get to meet me personally. Um, and so that's, that's really what has really expanded my business. And now I'm offering, you know, nationwide shipping and shipping all over the, the world. It, it's wild. So yeah, that is, that's, it's been an incredible experience. It's been, there's obviously challenges that come with that, but it's been an incredible experience. Um, and I, I would say my business has benefited significantly from the e-commerce site. Well, you know, that, that really explains a lot because, you know, I know you, I mean, we used to hang out, right? We were doing like oh, the pineapple we, oh, Monday, we right? <laughs> we hung out before so, kids, before husband. Yes, yes, yes. In Durham. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I be talking to Kendall and Kendall be like, yeah, I remember when her and her husband met, it was like <laughs> this. And, and, you know, I was like, oh, did that happen? You know, so I know all of the story. Right. So so then when you when you like blow up like this, I'm like, wow, that's my girl. Right. So but one thing I can appreciate about you, incredibly humble, incredibly down to earth. That's always been your personality. Right. And it's kind of cool to see that you are still you. Right. Which is kind of cool, because when I think about it, you know, when we're kicking it, everybody used to love Iguayi. Right. It's like, oh, that's my girl. You know, what I mean, Iguayi, whatever. What Iguayi going to be there? Yeah, we'll be there. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was just kind of the thing. Right. But, you know, it's kind of interesting because. I feel that that comes through in your brand. And that's one reason why I titled the thing, um, you know, building a brand that represents me. And I just really felt that's kind of what I felt when I, you know, would experience your products and experience your brand. And I mean, is that a part of your brand? Like uh, building a brand that experienced you? Like, like, how would you describe your brand? Like, what do you want people to kind of walk away when they purchase your product, when they feel your product? Yeah, so, um, so, the name of the business, the name of the brand is Love Iguehi. My name is Iguehi. So I am clearly embedding myself in the brand, right? So there's no way that no one else can kind of be the, my name is the brand, right? And so um, I think that there is a lot of truth to being intentional about, you know, giving your brand a voice and being intentional about how people receive, you know, what your brand is. So for me, like I, like you said, I, I, I'm the same. I'm always, I've always kind of been the same. What you see is what you get. I'm a lover. I love people. And I want people to feel love when they experience lovey Gwehi. So I, um, I'm all about family. I'm all about friends. I'm all about looking good and feeling good. And I want anyone who 
even if you don't wear it, even if you see lovey goyhi, I want you to see someone wearing the pieces and it makes you smile. I want that, you know, open up your closet and you see something of lovey goyhi in there and it just brings a little something to you and makes you feel a little, makes you feel better. And so hopefully people see that and feel that when they do experience or see lovey goyhi, that is my objective. And I hope that that is um, coming that is clear in the branding that's clear on my, you know, social media feeds and, and on the website. Well, 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 thank you for sharing that because I definitely feel those, you know, you know, things when I see your brand, tell me about this. And this is, you know, kind of off the chart, you know, can you share with me some of your challenges, right? Some of your pain points. I mean, obviously you've been successful, you've been growing, you've been like, Hey, this is more than I can digest, but share with some of the people, because what we have on the line is like some aspiring entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. people who may be thinking about doing their own thing, right? Just know the fear of saying, hey, I'm going to create this thing from scratch, my DNA, my personality. I mean, I can only imagine it's scary because I'm doing it. This thing right here is like my own personality, my DNA, right? Daddy Rich was a prosperity preacher who was also a little ratchet and a little, you know, out for self, but, you know, in the duality of the Q, as they call it, you know, I got all of those parts in my personality. So go figure, Daddy Rich. What's my point? You know, I can only imagine there's been some fear, some challenges, some struggle. I mean, share with the aspiring entrepreneurs, what are some things that you may have experienced that you've kind of gotten past that kind of, you know, made you nervous, but you got past it? And what should they expect as they continue to kind of step out on faith and build their thing? Because, you know, we all kind of have this thing where we don't want to be connected to corporate America and we want to kind of go out and do our thing full time. But it's scary. So I said a lot, but please share. Yeah, it's very scary. I would say the biggest um, obstacle I had, especially early on, it's only now where I can say like, this is who I am. But because I didn't have formal training in this and, you know, social media will have you looking to your left and sit, looking to your right and seeing everybody else being really successful. I really suffer from imposter syndrome at the beginning. You know, I had a really hard time calling myself a designer because at the beginning, I only made one product and that was a skirt. And so people were like, oh, you're, oh, you're the designer. I'm like, well, I make a skirt, you know? And I would just leave it at that. And people were like, no, but you're a designer. I'm like, well, oh no, you know? And I, I really, really, really struggled with that. And I've had some conversations with other people kind of in this space and they were like, call, name, name a thing, a thing. And if you are a designer, name no, it and claim it. everybody, Everybody's gonna call you designer. If you say that I am the best <laughs> designer in the world, eventually people will be like, oh, you know that woman that's the best designer in the world? Like literally you have to take ownership of that thing. And so that's what I have learned to do over time. Um, mistakes happen. I've, wait, I've spent a lot of money making expensive mistakes along the way. You hire the wrong people and you look back on hindsight, you're like, I could have saved some money. Um, but I think that in this entrepreneurial journey, you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to bet on yourself and then be open to fail. Like if you fail, you learn from that mistake and then you work hard to improve and not make those same mistakes again. Um, one thing that I'm still struggling with, even though, you know, I have found success, I think any business owner wants more. So 
you know, you think that you would get to a certain point and I'm still very early on. Like I haven't, I, I mean, most days I'm like, man, like I should be doing more, but, um, as an entrepreneur, you always want more. So you're always looking for greater. And how do I how do I improve my marketing? How do I improve my customer experience? I think one thing that I have learned to check myself on is to um, realize that I'm making the best with what I have. Um, this is my first time. Fall of last year was the first time I ran Facebook ads. Before then, I had never run a single paid marketing nothing, right? And honestly, I couldn't afford to because I wasn't bringing in that kind of money. So, but I was doing the best that I could with what I had. And so I think that just checking myself and I encourage all entrepreneurs to just to always do research, obviously, um, ask questions. A lot of people are willing to share information if you ask. A lot of people like to talk about themselves. So if you just ask them questions about them, there's a lot that you may learn from other people's mistakes. Um, and I think the biggest thing I would say for anybody who wants to pursue this is to just do it. I think oftentimes we get in our own way. We um, think that everything should be perfect and we're waiting for the right opportunities. Um, but I don't think that there's a perfect time to start a business. I think you take advantage of whatever opportunities in front of you and improve along the process, along the way. That's what I've been learning to do. And so, um, I just, yeah, I think that people just need to just do it. Like, start and then figure stuff out. And if you can, you know, have people help you along the way, then definitely lean on your tribe and ask for support and, um, and ask questions. Just ask questions. You're muted. Okay. I just unmuted myself. Okay. Thank you for sharing that because it definitely rings home. Like my dad is on here and he's one like the smartest person, you know, most handy person. I mean, this brother got skills, right? As they say, he can, you know, skin a buck and run a trout line. You see, this brother got skills, but you know how it is. We get addicted to the man, you know, we get addicted to corporate, but I like the way you share your story because you kind of share it in a most sincere way where you're like, Hey, it, it's, it's kind of scary, but you kind of have to experiment and it's kind of scary and you're going to waste some money on bad ideas. It's kind of scary, but you just have to do it, I think is what you're telling us. Yeah, you just have to do it. Yeah. And, you know, my pop says he gets ready to retire. You know, I keep I drive him crazy because I'm like, pops, what you going to do? What you going to do when you retire? Because I just really want him to have that freedom, that independence. Right. And it's something you hadn't mentioned, but I think it's there, you know, that freedom, that independence. Can you kind of mention just briefly, like, you know, now that you're not doing the health thing that you were studying in grad school? I mean, do you feel that you have some upside of the entrepreneurial world? Don't get me wrong. I know there's tons of pain points. But, you know, what would you consider the upsides of it? You know, the, you know what people talk about? I set my own schedule, stuff like that. Have you, have you walked away with any of that type of stuff? I mean, most definitely. But I do want to preface and say that for me, my journey has been a little different in that I have a, an extremely supportive husband. Okay. And so I'm able to take bigger risks because our livelihood is not dependent on my, my salary, what I sell. And so I do want to caveat that I know that everybody is not in that same position. But what I will say that um, entrepreneurship has freed me of being on anybody else's schedule, right? Except for like my kids, because now I'm a teacher. But 
that. <laughs> but but because I'm an entrepreneur, my husband works a lot and he's working at home. He's on conference calls. He's really, really occupied. But I'm here and there's flexibility in my schedule. So my kids are here doing distance learning. Hate it, but we're here. And I'm able to kind of manage that. And so being my own boss allows me that flexibility to say, hey, I'm actually not going to start working on this business until after one o'clock, after the littles are done with their class. It gives me time to, to work. And then, you know, I take some time off for the family. And then I pick up work again in the evening after the kids go to bed. I can go on vacation. Now, again, I'm still really early on in this business. And so my hands are in many places. I'm wearing many hats. And so I'm praying for the day that when I can take vacation and know things are running, um, things will still get done. I'm not there yet, but I will be, right? But I can take vacations without anybody's approval, right? Because I'm my own boss. But with that, because I am kind of doing every everything and I'm making my own schedule, I don't have anybody to tell me what to do. I have to be self-motivated. I have to work really, really hard because there's no deadlines that a boss is you know, holding me to. There are no, um, there's no one saying, you know, this needs to be done by this time. I have to do that. And one thing I always tell people is like, the work is always here. So there's times when I work really, really hard and I don't make money. There's time when I work really, really hard and I make a lot of money. There's times when I work very little and I make a lot of money. So there's, you have to kind of deal with that. If I worked in corporate America, let's be honest, there's days when you work a little lighter, you still getting paid. And so, so there's- Lord, I call it that direct deposit. <laughs> you know, I did my entrepreneurial thing, but then that direct deposit was calling me. It was like, Calvin- Every two weeks, I'm going to just magically show up in your account. I mean, it's enticing. It is enticing. And one thing I want to say is I know that there's a huge pull for entrepreneurship now, especially like with the craziness of 2020. People are like just trying to figure things, you know, people, a lot of people lost jobs. So people are trying to do things on their own. One thing I caution um, people who are, you know, interested in going into entrepreneurship is, um, Sometimes I feel like people who work in corporate America are now getting a bad rap as if like, oh my God, you want to work for the man. And I hate that because I feel like God has called us to be successful in different roles. And you can be, you can do amazing and make all the money and have, you know, you can, you can be successful working for a a company for Mm -hmm. someone else. I don't think that everybody has to be an entrepreneur. I don't think that that's everyone's calling. But if you feel like that's something you want to do, I highly encourage you do it. At least give it a try, right? The worst you can do is go back to work. At least that's a that's an option. Um, but I, I, I do feel like there's a lot of freedom that can come with being your own boss, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that as well. You know, th- thanks for sharing that um, sincere perspective. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had my aunt. She's a, I call her the CEO of the family, right? And she, mm-hmm. she, she's serious, right? I mean, but one of the things that came from it, it was um, a friend of a friend made this statement. She says, you know what? I enjoyed the, you know, interview with Tracy. She's an entrepreneur. She's a CEO. And one thing I've concluded is entrepreneurship is a lot of work. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not made for it. I'm going back to work for the man tomorrow. 
right? So, you know, and I appreciate this person because they were honest, right? It, it is not for everybody. People think it's less work. There's more work, right? This and it's a whole different life. My life. This is the most I have ever worked in my life. Yes, but I could only imagine it has a whole different type of fulfillment. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, for for sure. I would say 100%. Most work I've ever done, but the most fulfilling work I've ever done. Well, 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 thank you. Um, I got one last question and then we're going to open it up to everybody. For everybody who's listening, please put your chat in the, your questions in the chat and be prepared to unmute yourself. If you don't know how to unmute yourself, then just put your question in the chat and we're gonna do the next phase of this. I got one last question for you, Glahi. This is my standard question. But what I wanna do, people don't like this part. They like the part where they get to ask their own questions, right? But what I'm gonna do is um, open it up for um, QA and discussion. We're gonna do the QA, QA first and then we'll do discussion afterwards. Igwehi, feel free to hang out with us. We're just gonna play some old timey music and have a good time. If you got a drink somewhere in the garage, grab that. So um, everybody, please start thinking about your questions, put it in the chat, but this is my last question. Igwehi, as, a, if I, as I see your business, if I put on my MBA hat, if I look at you know your family, I see, you know what? This is an awesome opportunity for legacy planning, for, I look at the twins, you know, I look at, you know, your oldest daughter. I'm like, there is so much opportunity for legacy planning, things like that. Where are you, right? Because I'm just like in fantasy world where I don't see Black America do all these magical things. But, you know, what's your story? I mean, are you planning legacy planning? Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Do you see having your daughter go and be a fashion designer in college? Or you'd be like, no, I'm going to let her explore her dreams. Please tell me about your experience. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? I think I'm, so I'm Nigerian and um a little, if, if you're familiar with, if you're Nigerian, are you familiar with how? Lord, I know y'all work, full job, y'all worse what? than them Jamaicans, I know. Or you, you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer, no other, or, or both, nurse, like that, mm-hmm. or all of them, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of your profession. But I think I've been uh, uniquely born into a family of artists. And so uh, my parents have kind of supported all of our dreams and aspirations that have not been traditional. Um, Even though I definitely was going the traditional route, I actually didn't see this for myself, but I think that this is in the blood. My dad is an artist, so it was kind of inevitable to show up in some way, and so it showed up in fashion. But um, I think I'm going to approach the same same thing with my kids. I want to empower them to be whoever and whatever they want to be and do whatever they want to do. Um, I I know the importance of education. So I don't think that I will, I will always stretch the importance of education. Um, my daughter, her, my oldest daughter, she's seven. She's already expressed interest in design. And so just working with her and honing on her creativity and her skills. And, you know, should she want to take over this business? I would absolutely love that. If she does not, that's perfectly okay too. So that's kind of my approach. I would love for her to do this, but um, I know that there's something about being like loving and being passionate about this is my yes. Passion project, yes. not necessarily yeah. my kids' passion projects or yeah. pat, you know, their business. And so I would never force them to do that. Would I love them to do it? Absolutely. But um, I'm going to encourage them to be the best at whatever it is they want to do and be. 
Oh, that that is awesome and beautiful. And I, I love the way you respond because it takes the burden, what I consider the whole community burden, and it brings it home. It says, you know what? At the end of the day, I would love for them to do this, but them being happy, fulfilled is much more important than all of this other community stuff. So I, I appreciate that. So thank you, Igwehi, for being here, for, you know, uh, blessing us. Look forward to a purchase for a love Igwehi shirt. It's going to yeah. be on the way to Texas because yeah. my dad, you know, he, he got to represent. So whenever you see anything going to Texas from me, just know it's going to my dad. So I'm let's like, open it up. <laughs> Say again. I said, Pops, I got you. Yeah. So um, for the rest of the people on, let's um, um, unmute yourself or um, type it in the chat and, you know, we'll help you get on mute. We'll give you a request. But what questions do you have for Igwehi? It doesn't have to be questions, statement, encouragement, support, you know, prayers, you know, if, is Manhurst yeah. online? Is it, is, it, is it Deacon online? If Deacon <laughs> online, he, you know, he, he will pray for you. Yeah, and in the chat, um, the website has been placed there. How about Karen? I know Karen got questions. Where is Karen? Let me see if I can get her unmuted. Oh, there were a couple of questions here, I think. It says, can branding evolve or be more than one thing? Nakoda, is she still here? So I guess I can answer that question. Um, I think that Brand, I mean, if you look at all the major brands, if you look at Nike's, you look at McDonald's, um, all of the brands have evolved over time. For my specific business, I actually just started with one skirt. And for a long, for almost a year, I literally only made one product and that was a skirt. And I don't know that I've necessarily thought um, of what I was doing as a brand um, per se. But over time, I think I started to realize like, okay, this is bigger than just making a skirt. I'm actually going to make a business out of this. And then um, started thinking about like, there's a lot of other people making African inspired clothing. How am I positioning my business, my brand um, different from other, other people that are in the same space? So I think it definitely can be more than one thing. And I definitely think that most every brand evolves over time. I have a question, I have a question and I, I mean, I can read what I wrote actually, I'm Karen. Um, Miss it, okay. Yeah, first of all, thank you very much, Ikwehi. I really very much appreciated what it is that you shared. And I'm looking at the material behind you, the fabric behind you, and it's absolutely lovely. I've already been on your website a couple oh. weeks so I intend to order, absolutely. Um, yeah, but um, I, I'll just read my question. I'm curious as to whether you have any thoughts to share about underrepresentation of people of color as designers in, tra in traditional media, right? And what are ways in which we can encourage creativity, risk-taking and engagement in the fashion and design industries? Oh, that's a big question. So the first question, the first, let's, let's, let's bite, bite it off. Okay, right. the first question was, please read the first question one more time. Um, it's, do you have any thoughts about underrepresentation of people of color um, in the fashion industry in terms of how they're represented or not re represented, not given their due um, by yep. traditional media? Yeah, so it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem of underrepresentation of 
people of color, or let me be specific and just say black designers in general. Um, and that's multifold, right? So one, we're not even um, given the same opportunities as our white counterparts. Um, a lot of our ideas are stolen and we're not given credit. Uh, there is a lot of, um, what is it called? Why did I just blank out? Uh, what's it when someone steals your, not takes your thing, um, appropriation that happens? Like there's a lot of cultural appropriation, right? And, and we're seeing this, we've always seen it, right? But last year in 2020, when there was this real, you know, black, you know, black lives matter, that movement and everybody was kind of sh showing their love for black people because they wanted to support a lot of it was just for show, right? I've had conversations with other designers and other business owners who have talked about how we can walk into a room and kind of pitch our business for funding opportunities or, you know, to have space in some retail store. And we're saying, this is our business, this is our financial, this is our proof of sales, this is the interest, can we get a spot? And they'd be like, oh, it's a great idea. Um, not yet, right? And then there'll be somebody else, a white designer that will come in and say, well, this is my idea. They don't even have the product really. This is my idea. This is what I think will happen. This is what people have been saying. And they'll be like, all right, we'll give you, a, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And you're like, if you guys don't see the inequity between what is happening for us as black designers versus our white counterparts, and you don't see how this is wrong, um, then you're just blind to the issue at hand, right? right. And so I think that it definitely, it, the issue exists. Mm -hmm. uh, black designers are not blind to the problem. A lot of us have been trying and trying and trying, and I don't think that we'll ever give up, but sometimes it's like, we're the ones that are um, in the position, we're the ones getting the short end of the stick. So in, a, in, in order to fix the problem, unless we're creating our own spaces, like, you know, FUBU, or unless we're creating our own spaces, the only other people that can correct it are the people in power. Right. And, either, and unless they realize that there is an issue, then we'll always find ourselves Bottom. So it's like, what can we as consumers do? Like, obviously we can purchase your products, right? Yeah. Obviously we can share your products on our social media, right? And that's um, super, super helpful. Okay. Okay. That's super helpful. Leaving reviews is super helpful. Okay. Um, word of mouth is really what has driven, has, uh, driven the success of my business. Again, I didn't really, I didn't have really a, I had a social media presence, but I wasn't as intentional with like, oh, I need to sell these things. Mm -hmm. But word of mouth is really powerful. And if you like something that a black, you know, creator makes, share that, blast it. Okay. I am so intentional now about, but like, this is by a black um, jeweler. Th my necklace is by a black jeweler. My face, my face washes by a black jeweler. And I was, I'm black jeweler, um, a black. Uh, Aesthetician. Skin, yeah, skin product. Yeah. And so just being really intentional about where we spend our dollars because black people spend a lot of money. Like, like <laughs> part of our own community. Like I was reading about the amount of articulation of the doctor, like, the black like our, our money goes out of our community faster than anyone else. So one final part of that question is 
notwithstanding the fact that it is hard for um, people of color to to get the, get their due in the industry, what are ways in which we can still, nevertheless, encourage our children to pursue it and young people to pursue um, the creative arts? And how do we, you know, make certain that that we do not always um, lessen the importance of some of creative endeavors, right? We're very much focused, I think, as in you, you mentioned in terms of your Nigerian heritage, right? Mm-hmm. That is engineer, doctor, attorney, right? Yep. How do we make certain that we help our children understand that whatever their gift skills and talents are, that they should pursue those and, and that they'll make it. If, if they're doing it with passion, that they'll make it. I think that one thing my husband and I have talked about is, um, especially with our daughter, right? Because she she's told us she wants to be a designer and um, she's like, I wanna be an Olympian. And we're like, okay. And I think a lot of times when kids say these things, we kind of we kind of dismiss it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think as parents, as aunts, as friends, we have to really hear our kids and say, what resources are there that's going to help develop these interests that my kids have? Because as long as we dismiss them, they won't see the importance of it. They'll just think it's okay, okay, I'll be, I wanna be an astronaut. Some people say, I wanna be an astronaut, I'd be like, okay, we're gonna take you to NASA and I want you to, you know, but we have to like realize that it's important to give our kids this exposure. We if they say they want, and they may change and that's fine. But I think exposing them to that, to, to whatever it is they've expressed interest in, finding resources, finding programs where there's other kids doing it, preferably kids that look like them doing it. I mean, there's power in having black instructors. There's power in having, you know, coaches that look like you. So definitely don't want to take away from that. But if there isn't a coach that looks like you, that's okay. Like you can learn from whoever is willing to teach you that skill that you want your kid or, you know, to get. Right. Thank you so much for answering my questions and best wishes to you. Thank you. Uh Oh, you're muted. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. I have no idea I got muted. I was just, I was bragging because I was like, I just seen the Oakland come out of you. I mean, uh, I mean, born in Oakland, I did not know you were so righteous. Oh, OMG, right? Oh, wow. So such a blessing. I mean, I love what you talk about with children. Karen, thank you for the questions. Um, who else do we have with some questions? Um, um, this is a great opportunity to speak to the entrepreneur, speak to a person who's been there, speak to the person, because as entrepreneurs, it's really about your blood, sweat, and tears. And I'm not trying to, you know, speak to it, but I've been there and I know how scary it is. I know what it takes where you go from just doing the job to where you literally have to keep the lights on. Totally different situation when you have a supportive, you know, husband, spouse, partner, but it's still scary nonetheless. Um, Will, I think you're um, unmuted. Um, speak to us. Actually, I'm muted. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am unmuted. 
do you do you see yourself scaling up at some time uh, in the near future, or is that something on your radar right now? I know you're just a couple of years in the game, but speak on that and and what what the pressures might be uh, to that dictate uh, the, those decisions. Yeah. So I, yeah, the, the goal is to scale up. The goal is to right now I'm, you know, if you see my desk, you'll see that there's sewing machines and it's just chaos around here. So, um, and I'm working from, and I work from home. So I'm working, operating this business out of my home. One day, the goal is to not be working out of my home. Um, my, my goal is to really, you know, design, direct, and have someone else do, <laughs> have other people do, do the work. Um, as an Oakland native, as a Nigerian girl, I am pretty uh, committed to Oakland. And so as the business expands, my goal is to still keep it based here in Oakland. Um, and if not in Oakland, in the US, um, so with that comes expenses that some of my other African uh, designers uh, are experiencing a little differently when they're getting things um, done abroad and imported. And so uh, it's going to be a challenge, especially I live in one of the most expensive cities in the country. Um, but my goal is to expand and is to expand here. I would love to grow a team um, and eventually create some kind of uh, mentorship program for young, young students who are also interested in sewing and design. Okay, well, thanks for that question. Did we miss anyone else who had question? Um, we're gonna, um, when we get to the end of the question, we'll just do um, discussion. And then I'll share with you guys the website. It's been put in the chat, but it's loveigwehi.com. And um, you'll see she's also her model for her product. Um, you know, let me ask this question, you know, while we transition to anyone else who has questions. Um, uh, actually, I forgot what my question is going to be. There's a question okay. in the chat. Okay, what's the question in the chat? It is, hold on. Um, do you know of any minority designer advocacy groups? And then who are some of your designer and or entrepreneur mentors? So I, I think that came from my favorite cousin, right? Yeah, so I don't That's know of, uh, I don't know of um, any designer advocacy groups. Um, some of my design mentors are actually a lot of Oakland based designers. So Taylor J, um, she is an Oakland-based designer and she's in a space where she makes um, elevated basics. And so she's in a totally different clothing style, but she's also kind of like me in that she's doing this herself. She's built this amazing brand from scratch. And so, and she's here in Oakland. So I've had a lot of conversations with her um, there's other local designers here that are really have helped me along the way. Funny enough, I don't have like some huge big, like an Oprah <laughs> or somebody who I can, can call on and, or at least look to, to say like, these are the things I need to do to grow at this point. So my things, everything is kind of local. Everything is kind of homegrown. My inspiration is coming from my local 
sisters here in Oakland as well. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I now remember um, um, my question, and, and I guess it's kind of on the whole point of networking, and I think you kind of already um, mentioned it. You know, how important is networking to you and your business and what you do? Because, you know, what my gut is telling me is that that could be a part of the move to Oakland, that you wanted to get closer to home. And it seems like Oakland really supports my favorite cousin. She's in Dallas, Fort Worth. And one thing I love about Dallas is they got their own type of little flair for natural hair and entrepreneurship. If you look for it, it is there. But, you know, is Oakland kind of special for this um, networking that you're running into? Oakland rides for Oakland. Let me tell you that. Oakland people. And I think there's this, uh, you know, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound crazy because I don't feel this way, but it's like Oakland is like the stepchild of San Francisco, where San Francisco is like this glitzy, everybody, and let me be honest, all the San Francisco ain't glitzy, but <laughs> people have the perception of San Francisco being it, right? And then like Oakland is like the stepchild. And so there is this kind of like, like this, this grit about Oakland that we're always kind of like the bastard child. And so we ride for each other. And there's this real sense of like black pride that, you know, with the, the Black Panther Party starting here, like there's just this real celebration of blackness that I think has helped me in my journey as a business owner and a business owner who is creating things that celebrate blackness too. And so networking has been really important. Um, one of the best things I've done for my business is to join the African-American Chamber of Commerce, um, the Oakland African-American Chamber of Commerce. I've been able to connect with business owners. I've been able to learn from their mistakes. I've been able to learn about new opportunities. Um, I've been top of mind for different opportunities. Like I was just featured on the news segment and that was because a chamber member was like, Hey, we, you know, did you apply for the PPP loan? What was your experience? Can we interview you? The right, you know, the news station wants to interview you. So network is important. I think that no, I don't think we're supposed to exist in a silo. And I think that there is something that you can learn from others and there's things that others can learn from you. And so that has been really, really integral in the growth of my business expanding obviously locally but also the power of social media and being able to see other people doing something you you know similar or even if they're in a different industry but they have kind of they've gone along a path that you find that may work for you I've reached out and just asked questions and people have have, have answered and so uh, networking is super 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 important yeah th thanks for sharing that um as you describe Oakland, it reminds me of Fort Worth. That's where my family is from. They're right there in that DFW area. And Dallas is kind of like the San Francisco and Fort Worth is kind of like where them other people live, but they call it funky town, you know, and I love that term, right? But, you know, I like the way you describe it, you know, Oakland rides for Oakland and that means people taking care of each other. So I'm glad that you're in that net, in that area, you know, I'm here in Atlanta and I hope that Atlanta kind of gets that flair because, you know, I don't necessarily see it, but I can see the importance of it. So definitely thanks for sharing that. Well, people, we're going to continue to um, vibe for the next, you know, till the top of the hour. It's 920 here, 820. 
um, Central Time. What time is it there? Where you at? Hey, you, wait. you have a question? I do. Oh, there's, there's another question. Oh, Karen, I'm go sorry. ahead, Karen. It just, it just oh my goodness. She was so excited to be here, by the way. So just FYI. I, am. I, am. <laughs> um, I just I, I've been working with an arts group actually in Richmond. Um, so you know, right near where you are. Also, mm -hmm. you know, it's not San Francisco either, right? And one of the things that I just became aware of is that I think her name is Valley or Val Brown who heads the San Francisco um, for Grants for the Arts or something like that, huge organization. And she has started spelled V-A-L-L-I-E is her first name, last name is Brown. Um, but there was an article on her, I wanna say it was in the San Francisco Chronicle. And um, what was interesting about it to me is that she acknowledged how um, people of color were being left out of the art scene and, um, you know, every, you know, everyone's trying to be all, oh, we're, we know what's going on. We're trying to help. We're trying not to exclude. We're trying to be inclusive and all this kind of stuff. But I just wanted to say that because I think it's one of the things I'm aware of is that we have this point in time right now where I don't want to say we can make everybody feel guilty for not supporting us in the past, <laughs> but we can take advantage, right, <laughs> of the opportunities that are in front of us now. So I, I say all that to say this, is that I would encourage you, um, because without question, design and what you're doing is the arts, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if there is an opportunity to take advantage of, of those kind of opportunities also, I definitely would encourage you to do that. And if there's anything that I can do to connect you to her and to others that I know of that are in that art scene, I'm happy to do that also. You know, and that's a great thing, Karen, because you just reminded me of what I really wanted to say is go ahead. I want to connect you with Karen. Karen is in the business of fundraising. She's worked with Georgia Tech and everybody else. And if you ever want to do a Kickstarter or really, really just bring in millions of dollars and get funded, she is the person. She knows the language. She knows everything. Karen is your person. So I'm going to send you an email. Okay. connect you with Karen, but Karen's your girl, right? She's, you know, she, she's humble. Um, she's like me. She's a little nerdy, but I guarantee you, she speaks the language of people with millions of dollars to invest. And I definitely want to connect you with her. Awesome. Thank you. So Karen, don't let me forget. Um, just make sure you remind me to um, connect you with an email for Igwehi, because I know you love her products and you definitely love this space. So, um, um, just real quick, I want to just do a highlight real quick so you guys can know how to follow Gwehi. Gwehi, once again, thank you for being here. I know that people are quiet, but they are so, so, so appreciative of you being here. So what I'm going to do is highlight um, just so the people can know where to find it on Instagram. Gwehi does a great job of um, posting and keeping up um, with the products. Let's see here. Initially, oh, I see recently you posted a family pic. So there's the family pic. So there's Igwehi, the family, and the twins. They all seem so filled with personality. <laughs> and um, right there on the um, domain, that's loveigwehi.com. And what you can do is you can see her products. You can see she models her own products. She has tons of products that she do and um, model. Um, you know, we're going to pray for her with her men's line because, you know, that, that, that comes, you know. <laughs> That comes, you know, I think I was shopping over here and I was looking for men's and there's like one know. or two things. I'm just going to pray for that. Right. But um, but Karen, you know, um, my encouragement is I'm connecting you with Igwehi. Um, my only request, my guilty pleasure, men's product, you know, get her scale so she can make some for the brother. Because I love 
this uh, contemporary African beautiful. It don't look like the old school brother in the Kente cloth. No, right. this is some beautiful. Yeah, this is beautiful stuff, right? I mean, you know, it's so bad. My daddy actually got one of these um, shirts for his birthday in February, but he, I didn't have a shirt that I could purchase from you. So I ended up buying some of this off-brand for my pops, you know. But I'm telling you, my pops like, hey, man, I like the way that one, you know, fits your biceps. You know, he kind of, you know, hating but loving at the same time. So I had to buy him a shirt, but I wished I could have bought it from, purchased it from Love Iguahi. So thank you all for being here, pops. You know you got to be the blunt, blunt of these jokes. So I know you can handle it. But um, we're going to listen to some more music. Iguahi, feel free to hang out with us, you know. Guys, um, um, Put your chats, but I think you guys know where to find her at loveyguehi.com on Instagram. She has a strong presence at loveyguehi on Instagram. You can also find her there. Um, thank you guys for being here. Feel free to grab your drink, um, kick up, put your feet back, and we're just going to listen to some songs, and I'm just going to open it up for a discussion. Thank you for joining us at Southern Soul Livestream Talk Show. Join us weekly at soullivestream.com. If you're joining us live, we'll take a quick music break and then come back for a discussion with the audience.